God calls his men to preach his word. Man doesn't call. God calls. Most of the time, the preachers that I've met that have been called of God to preach or to be in a gospel ministry to preach the word don't quite know where they're going to go, what they're going to do, but just believe that they have been given this call, and with the call comes a gift. You have to have the gift of teaching. You have to have the gift to do this. So God, where God guides, he does provide. Uh, you do not need confidence to do this. You don't have to. In fact, the less confidence you have, the better you'll do. The less you trust yourself, the better you'll do. For the arm of the flesh and pride repulses God. The Bible says God resists the proud, gives grace to who? Humble people. Humble people never think they're able to do it, but always do it. Proud people think they can do it and can't do it. It's a crazy thing. Proud people think they're humble, and humble people think they're proud. And it's always a thrill to me to meet someone else that has had to call a God upon them and to be able to be part of their uh, work is, is a real high privilege for me. I had men invest in me uh, when I was this age. I, 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 he just turned 27. I think I was ordained in 1976, and I was either 26 or 27 by Richard Anderson at Community Baptist Church, which no longer exists. It exists under another name called Parkway Baptist. And I'm forever grateful and in debt to Dr. Richard Anderson for taking an interest in me and helping me to that place, encouraging me to do that. Um. The charge that I'm going to give tonight, obviously, primarily is to Chris and his wife. You say his wife. Without his wife, he doesn't have this ministry. The ministry of a pastor, by the way, called four different names in the Bible, but all the same, called an elder, called the bishop, called the pastor. Uh, the word pastor means a feeder, someone who feeds just like Jesus told Peter, feed my sheep. You can't do it without your woman. Now you can, you know, Paul was single. He never got married. Certain people have the gift to be unmarried, stay moral. That's always the underwritten presumption. But not every man is given this gift. And so, it's otherwise for all the rest of us, it's not good for man to live alone or be alone. And so, to avoid fornication, every man is supposed to have his wife. That's one of the functions of marriage. And so, Heather plays a massive role in this young man's future. Uh, his, she plays some role in his past, but uh, much more role in the future. Uh, we never want to diminish the role of the woman in a marriage like this. It is a joint teamwork with your hand in God's hand. The closer you get to Jesus, the better your marriage will be. If they both want to live for Jesus, 
then their marriage will be like my wife and I's marriage has been. Fabulous. I've had a tremendous 48-year ride. Now, about four or five years there wasn't so tremendous, but most of it. <laughs> most of it was tremendous. And if it wasn't tremendous, it was probably me, not her. And so I believe that in the, in the world, marriage has just literally fallen apart in the world, just fallen apart. I met a woman the other day that told me she had been living with a guy 15 years, and she said, well, why would I need to be married? I don't need to be married. It's pretty sad when we become so heathenized that now they don't even think about marriage as a necessity of life. And the children, who knows where they belong, who belongs to what. And we in a bus ministry understand clearly that some of these kids have, we'll bring three or four kids to church, and they all have different last names. I talked to a woman just recently, I have six children and three different men. It's confusion. It's wrong. It's not what God planned it to be. It's not the best way. And so what they took today with dedicate kind of full day, dedicating yourselves, dedicating yourselves to raise Owen William in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Um, now, all you'd have to do to get away from this William thing is just name one of them after me. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. It didn't work with my kid. <clears throat> I, guess, I guess he did middle name one. What is a charge? A charge is, in the Bible is, is a very serious matter. It's a do-or-die type situation involved around it. It's an exhortation of the most sober and strongest terms possible. It involves encouragement as well as warning. Uh, you may ask the question, are there many charges in the Bible? There actually are quite a few charges. I spent about 16 hours of study time going through the entire Bible, making sure I didn't miss anything. I hope I didn't miss anything on this area of charges. The first mention of a charge is in Genesis chapter 26, verse 5, where Abraham is said to have kept God's charge. Isaac was given a charge by God that the promised land would be his and the seed and theocracy and God's presence would be with him if he obeyed. And that was the charge about obeying. Jacob was given a charge by Isaac just before his death. Moses was given a charge to confront Pharaoh, Exodus chapter 6, verse 13. It says, And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron and gave him a charge unto the children of Israel and unto Pharaoh king of Egypt to bring the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. At Mount Sinai, God gave Moses another charge to keep the people from gazing through the cloud in Exodus 19.21. Aaron and the Levites were given a charge to perform their duties in Leviticus 8, chapter 8, verse 35. Moses gave Joshua a charge just before his death in Deuteronomy 31.23. Joshua gave Israel a charge just before his death in Joshua 22.3-6. David charged Solomon his son just before his death in 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 1. Jesus charged his disciples before his death and crucifixion also. Paul charged Timothy just before his death 
about his life as a pastor. And for 19 centuries, there have been pastors giving charges to other newer pastors uh, coming up under them or with them. And after examining these charges, I found some common elements in them I want to share with you. The first thing I found is, as a common element among all these charges, is we're to be strong. We're to be strong. We're to have the mindset that we are more than conquerors. We're not victims. You're not a victim. You're more than a conqueror through him that loved you. Be strong. Often mentioned, by the way, first in those charges. First uh, Kings 2.1 says, show thyself a man. First Corinthians 16.13 says, quit you like a man. Second uh, Timothy 4.5, uh, he says, endure afflictions. Be strong. Be strong. Be strong. The second thing I found is says, be courageous. Now, by the way, you wouldn't have to, you, you learn something by this. When, it, when he exhorts them to be strong, means that you have a tendency possibly to be weak. In other words, he's trying to shore you up in an area that you may get weak about. You know where it says in Ephesians, stand, having done all to stand, stand therefore. Then it goes on having your loins girt about and all the other armor of God on. We're to be courageous. 1 Corinthians 16, 13, stand fast in the faith. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, Galatians 5, 1. Stand fast in one spirit, Philippians 1, 27. Stand fast and hold the tradition which ye have been taught, whether by word or epistle, 2 Thessalonians 2, 15. So we're to be very courageous, Joshua 1, 7, and we're not to fear. That means you have a tendency to fear. You learn by what he exhorts us what, where, the, where the battle is. So there's a battle to be weak. There's a battle not to stand on the Bible. There's a battle to compromise and to give in to pressure. I, I, I wish I could share with you how many people have, through the years have come into my office, made appointments with me, and tried to get me to compromise the Bible. People that attended Gospel Baptist Church saying, well, you shouldn't do this, and you shouldn't teach that, and you shouldn't do that. Now, I always wondered where they got their expertise. I always wondered how, I had, well, I had somebody come in my office and had 10 criticisms of me. 10. 10. And they didn't even have a piece of paper. This was memorized. Now, not everybody's got a memory like Jayla, brother. But I'll tell you what, 10, I don't know about you, but a list of 10 things is not easy to remember, 10 things in a row. And this person sat down there and went one right after the other. You could tell they had been reviewing it. They were bitter. And when the person got done, I said, I've probably given you some cause for some of those. Two or three of them. But where... Have you gone to school? What have you learned? Who has taught you to be a local church pastor? Because you speak with authority. And I said, oh, I knew you were going to say that. Well, of course. If somebody tries to come up and tell me about a mechanical issue and they've never done any mechanics, it bothers me some. Amen? It bothers me when I take my vehicle in to have, have a fix. I say, and the guy says, this is my first day on the job. 
You got to be strong. You got to know why you believe what you believe and be willing to die for it. You have to be courageous. Fear will come upon you, man, from every kind of direction. Fear will come upon you. The ugly head of fear will raise, raise it, or I should say fear will raise this ugly head. The third thing I notice, we're to be confident of God's presence. He says, I will not fail thee nor forsake thee in Joshua 1.5. I am with you always, even unto the end of the age in Matthew 28.20. 20. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, Hebrews 13.5. God's with you. The man who called, the one who called you will stay with you. He will not leave you, nor for you. You may leave him, but he's not going to leave you. He's going to be with you all the way to the end. Stay with him. Be confident of the manifest presence of God as you go forward. The fourth thing I notice is there's only a hundred of these, so we're, we're doing good. Be, be obedient. Be obedient. The Bible says, go not to the right hand or the left hand. I think Bob Jones Sr. preached a sermon called Middle C. Stay in the middle. Do, do what's right. If the devil can't get you to deny what you believe or to follow, he'll get you to try to be excessive on the left hand. Your left hand, my, this is your right, my, on the left hand or the right hand. Try to get you to be excessive. Have you ever bought a perfectly brand new tire and had a bubble in it? That little bubble was only like 2% of the tire, but it ruined the whole tire. A beautiful tire, but a bubble in it. And you had to take the thing back and say, hey, there's no good to bubble. I can't, can't, can't trust it. Don't know it's going to blow out. The devil may not be able to, to damn you or to cause you to, but he can cause you to be imbalanced. And there's a pressure constantly to move left. Don't do it. Be obedient to the Bible. The Bible is not culturally sensitive. The Bible doesn't care about people's culture. The Bible has gone through 3,500 years of different cultures, and it says the same to the starting culture at the beginning 3,500 years ago, and it's saying the same to us here tonight. No matter what your, the Bible's not touchy-feely. The Bible is anything but politically correct. It tells it like it is for people as they are. I like that one. Catchy. Be obedient. Be obedient. You're to love him and walk in his ways. Keep his commandments. Cleave to him and be a servant. The fifth thing I notice is we're to be alert. Have your head up. There are wolves. There are wolves that are trying to cause error or division or contentions. Uh, if, you've, if you've ever studied anything about sheep, they will not feed if they're nervous. If there's a wolf around, they'll not feed. And if they don't feed, they eventually get weak and become prey to the wolf. A local church is not much different than that. A local church does not do well if there's people allowed to be in it that are that are that are spewing out uh, uh, criticisms and that are spewing out uh, negativisms and that are teaching false doctrines behind uh, the the uh, the back of the preacher and the, and the people in authority. 
when, when the churches, we've made clear at Gospel Baptist in a doctrinal statement what we believe. And you don't join Gospel Baptist to change us. You join Gospel Baptist to become one with us. And if you join Gospel Baptist to change us, you need to go find a church that you have unity with and get with them. Six things I hate, yea, seven, they that cause division among the brethren. God is, God is not happy about causing division among his people. Romans chapter 16, verse 17, in your cards, a tremendous memory verse on that area. Be alert. Jude, the book of Jude says, contend for the faith. Paul says, watch thou in all things, watch ye, shun profane and vain babbling, 2 Timothy 2, 16. Fully, shun foolish and unlearned questions and avoid, 2 Timothy 2.23. Avoid profane and vain babblings. On and on it goes. The sixth thing I notice, be ready and be available. Be ready and be available. You have to be instant, in season and out of season. That means convenient and inconvenient. Uh, 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 people do not die at convenient times. The people do not go to the hospital in convenient times. Uh, it's in season and out of season. This is in season. But I didn't know if I don't know whether he understood the the the, the uh, tourist trade here, but there is an in season and an out of season for us at gospel. And trust me, I don't like out of season. I like in season. As a preacher, I like in season, man. But the out of season, I got to preach the same. I don't preach a substandard level of, of messages when the winter folks are, are back north uh, to the people who stay here all year. Brother, you give the best you got that God has for you. If there's five people here or, or 500, it wouldn't make any difference. Instant, be instant, be ready. In season, out of season. 2 Timothy 4 2. Seventh thing, be propagating, brother. Be propagating. Constantly. Do the work of evangelists. 2 Timothy 4, 5. Be, the Bible says in 2 Timothy 2, 2, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. That's what's going on. Eighth thing I find is be consumed. Be consumed. Nothing's worse than half-heartedness. God says, I'd rather have you to be hot or I'd rather have you to be cold. But man, whatever happens, don't be half-hearted. Because that lukewarm thing, he says, makes me sick. And, and, and it makes me nauseous. Uh, read it for yourself. And the seventh church of the seven churches of the book of Revelation, chapter 3. Be all over it. Be all over it. If you can't be all over it, if you can't be consumed, get out of it. That's cold. Either get cold, get out of it, resign, go sell used cars. Or be in it and be all the way in it. Be hot. And I'm not knocking people to sell used cars. And I'm not saying, I'm not even saying that's the lowest profession. Real estate is. <laughs> Preachers then are right under the real estate people. Be consumed. Be peaceful as possible. Not one of my strongest points. But I've asked God to help me to be a peacemaker. You know, I, I, whether I like it or not, Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. 
I'm a more of a fighter. I'm a kind of a scrapper. But peacemaking, God can help you to be that way. He'll help you to be a peacemaker. Be a peacemaker at home. Be a peacemaker everywhere you go. By the grace of God, try to bring people together, not divide them, if it's possible. And I think it says that uh, if it is possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men, Romans 12, 18. Much as lieth in you, much as you can do it. You know there's times you can't. There's times you got to fight. James 3, 17 says, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure. I like that. Pure is number one. But the second thing mentioned is peaceable. Peaceable. So it's a characteristic of all the charges that we be generally known for being peaceable. This is another one. Uh, the tenth thing I notice is be gentle. Gentle. Let me read you some verses. 2 Timothy 2.24, And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men. Apt to teach, patient. 2 Timothy 2.25 says, In meekness instructing those that oppose themselves, if God preadventure will give them repentance, acknowledging of the truth, that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who have taken him captive, who have taken captive by him and his will. The eleventh thing I notice, maybe, and I, I just because it's the eleventh, there's no particular order in this. I mean, I tried to follow the order that I saw. Be a preacher. Be a preacher, brother. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long suffering. Reprove is with the idea of restoration. Rebuking is with the idea of punishment. Exhorting is with the idea of encouragement. It was Jonah's preaching that saved the whole city of Nineveh. It was John the Baptist's trademark. It was Jesus' trademark. It was Peter who preached at Pentecost and the first two sermons ever preached by the New Testament church. It was Philip who preached to the eunuch. It was all... The, of them who were scattered, went everywhere, the Bible says in the book of Acts, preaching the gospel. It's the foolishness of preaching that God chose to save them to believe. Preach in the church. Preach in the schools. Preach in the nursing homes. Preach in the jails. Preach in the youth activities. Preach in the Christmas programs. Preach in the Awana banquets. Preach. 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 Find places to preach. Why? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Every time you preach, something happens. Preach at funerals. I forgot that. Recently did a funeral. He was able to preach to unsaved people. It wasn't convenient. In fact, I think the funeral came at a very inconvenient time for you. I think he was moving, and he had all this other stuff going, and I could have done the funeral. I could have done the funeral. I know you know that. But I told my wife, he needs to feel the pressure. And I called him up and I said, Chris, I know you're in the middle of moving and everything else, but stop and, and do the funeral. Amen? Stop and do the funeral. And I was just, I actually was testing you to see what your attitude would be, to see what your reaction would be. See, and then he went, he went ahead and had a good attitude, went and preached it, and then came back, was excited at how many people were there and got to give the gospel to the unsaved. Really, I did you a great favor because really that, that was an opportunity. I remember I did that with Brother Moon. A funeral came in the office, said we'd like a pastor to come and do a funeral. I really, 
like to do that. I like to preach to unsaved people. Love to. Love to give the gospel. And so, but I called Brother Moon. I said, Brother Moon. I said, uh, you know, I have a funeral here. I want you to go do it. And it was inconvenient. It's never convenient, brother. I said, it's never convenient. You got to get dressed up in a suit and tie and all stuff. Go to a place you don't know people. Don't know who they are. Didn't know the person that died. They just want somebody to say a few good words. <laughs> and so you get in there and you give the gospel to them. Brother Moon came back. I said, how'd you do? And he said, they gave me $300. I said, what in the world? <laughs> Sub point B, I get 50% of that. He says, I'll do all the funerals you want. You want me to? I'll be glad to do them. The last point, the 12th, is be patient. Be patient. With all long suffering and doctrine, 2 Timothy 4 2, be patient. This is the hardest of maybe all the other things that we mentioned because tribulation is the only thing that worketh patience. Patience only comes when trouble comes. Trouble comes and pressure comes to chafe you, and so that you rely upon God, put your head down, work your way through it, and you, when you get out at the other end of it, you go, huh, that's doable. The next time a hard situation comes, maybe harder, maybe more inconvenient, maybe a little bit more painful, you go, this is right to do, but I can do it. I can do it. Tribulation literally works patience. It makes you more of a patient person. I bet you're way more patient than you were before you had children. Yeah. He has patience oozing out of him now. Patience. Proverbs 3, 3, 5. I always get a kick out of when a, when a couple get together, they fall in love, you know, and, and they have children and, Oh, you know, it's kind of a dreamy world, a little bit at the beginning, a little dream world, you know, have children. But then the kid gets about two. And the parent begins to spank him and 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 spank him. And I did that with, you know, Troy went through the same thing. And he went through a period of lying. Now, that's a little later. The lying period is about four or five years old. They try you out about lying. And you know, you gotta you gotta kill that lion thing. You got to kill that. And to do that, you got to really put some pain on them. And so, you know, I told my wife, what is this? We have a child so we can whip them? We have a child so we can beat on them? I don't like to do this. I, I got tired of coming home from work. You may get this. I got tired of coming home from work, and the mom, by the time the end of the day was, mama was so frustrated with, with spanking the child and everything, she says, you just wait till your dad gets home. And so the poor kid is dreading my showing up. Daddy's here. I start crying before I ever get in the door. Oh, you're going to get it now, Dad. If your dad's here, you're going to get it now, and I hope you don't do that. Don't do that. Just don't warn him. <laughs> well, you're going to get it. But just don't warn him. 
So we're to be strong. As, as surveying these charges, we're to be strong. We're to be courageous. We're to be confident in God's presence. We're to be obedient. Have our head up. Be alert. Be ready. Be propagating. Be consumed. Be peaceable. Be gentle. Preach. And in all of that, have patience. Have patience. The people you minister to are the people Jesus died for. He thought them worthy enough to go through what he did. And how in the world, as humans, to other humans, can we not treat them with at least the respect that Jesus has shown his people? For God so loved the world, us. And so as preachers, have you ever met, I know you have met bitter preachers. Preachers that have gotten offended, gotten bitter, it got under their skin, it got under their saddle, and they got bitter. And they began to treat people mean. Is there such a word as meanly? No, I think it's just mean. They treated people mean and treated people rough, treated people with anger, treated people with resentment, and began to lash out at folks just for the sake of, had disrespect for them. You never want to forget as a preacher, these are the people Jesus died for. These are the folks that he went through the Gethsemane and all of Calvary. And he's going to hold us as a, as a shepherd, under shepherd, responsible for how we treated these folks and with what manner we cared for them. May God help you as you do that. Father, we thank you tonight. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.